welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and I'm on the road at the time this episode is released. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who is really amped to answer some questions. So we're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. Welcome to a special episode where we're... Taking questions and kicking sass, baby. It's summer, and so we wanted to share a little something for you to enjoy while you hop on the pontoon or take a walk around the lake or on your commute or I don't know if you're on a road trip (laughs) where I am right Uh now. So instead of the usual fat dish interview or dirt and discourse, we're answering listener questions. Oofda, y'all came with fire questions. We've got some really deep cues, quick cues, itty bitty cues, and the city cues, no Mississippi cues, surprisingly. <laughs> um, you get the idea. Oh, yes. Okay, let's really dive into this fun. Um, and if you have some responses to these questions that you'd like to share, you're welcome to jump in as well. We're going to have a discussion about these questions in our friends and fans Facebook page after this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to it. First, from Hannah, when did you realize fat acceptance and body positivity were different? or BOPO, body positivity, wasn't inclusive? Great question. Great question. Um, I think for me, it probably was when people told me it wasn't. I Mm. think I've just got a lot of education from social media primarily, from Tumblr and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And while this is very like this concept of like the difference between body positivity and fat liberation is really clear to me now, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, seven years ago, five years ago. I'm trying to think when I was in grad school on Tumblr. In Texas? Isn't it? Oh, my God. Tumblr. So I just yeah. found my old Tumblr the other day. Yeah. I hadn't logged in in like five years or so. And I I think that's the thing. True self-love. So my friend Martha said this mm-hmm. is if you like your old Tumblr. Oh. And I look back at it. I'm like, oh, my God. All these great things that are still relevant today and still useful and were about like body positivity yeah. or the first vestiges of that for me, too. That's awesome. I don't think I, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at my old Tumblr recently. Mm. Um, but I think if I were to look at it, it would be a lot of like more entry level stuff that felt kind of radical at the time but now is like oh old news you know Mm -hmm. Um, but within that it was kind of people pointing things out to me like oh cool this is lovely but like not inclusive or um, this is lovely but like think about the like marginalization of like people in larger fat bodies who are being left out that kind of thing another way that I see it or another way it's been made clear to me is like when something quote unquote body positive happens and people are excited about it primarily people who are not fat and I see their excitement but then for myself I'm thinking like oh well that doesn't really include me or like Mm -hmm. that's not really speaking to my community sure that's like fine but it feels like a two steps forward one step back kind of thing or or maybe even several steps back for like the true fat community Mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean so much of that echoes to me too uh, I think my first introduction to body positivity was through businesses like mm. Dove, the Dove mm-hmm. campaign. Real beauty. Real beauty, Whoa. right? And stuff like that. And I mean, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, great. They're being more inclusive. But it didn't really um, get me that excited because I still didn't see myself in it. Mm. And it's also an organ. It's like a business trying yeah. to make money. So I was a little yeah. bit suspicious of that to begin with. Um, but 
kind of like the way I talk about this podcast with other people. Body positivity is an entrance into having a larger conversation. And that's how I came to fat liberation too. Yeah. Um, through talking with Kat and actually going to the first Thanksgiving fat luck for the Twin Cities fat oh, community. I remember that. Yeah. So I had heard about things. I had read about things, but not really. It wasn't until I was able to have an actual conversation with like multiple different people. Yeah. Did it really come to light that like, yeah, there is a difference between fat liberation and body positivity. And, you know, fat liberation is for the people who are, you know, more marginalized in that bigger conversation of body positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I kind of started to notice the difference. That's really interesting. So, like, body positivity didn't really feel like a fit for you. And then, like, when learning about fat libera- liberation, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this makes more sense. Yeah, because I wasn't positive about my body yeah. at that time. Yeah. Not that I was incredibly negative I just didn't feel the type of way that I think you had to in order to engage with body positivity Mm. and so it just didn't feel like it fit for me yeah but like when I talk about the podcast with other people because it's so ubiquitous now I will say body positivity because I think it's an easier frame of reference for people yeah I mean it's like in our little like catchphrase of our podcast I know yeah and when (laughs) I talk about things I mean I really like think about who my audience is and kind of cater things and that I think is why I use the term body positivity a lot more Mm because I know it's like a lot more palatable or like easily understood Mm -hmm. um even though that's like not really where my values lie yeah and also I think going back to where fat liberation comes from from like disability justice and crip justice like yeah, I don't know that body positivity is as connected at connected all to, to that, that as yeah. liberation is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Great question. Great question. And that's actually a great lead into our next question, um, which is Dovetails. Dove, oh, sorry. You Dove that campaign. No, just <laughs> perfectly <laughs> dovetails. Oh, my God. It's so cheesy. Uh, from the first question, that is, again, not a pun, but pun adjacent. Soraya. <laughs> Thank you. So, I'm working on myself. Uh, so this question is from Liz, who writes, on a different podcast, I heard the term body neutrality rather than body positivity. They didn't really go into it um, about what it actually means. So I'm curious if either of you are familiar with the idea and what your thoughts are on it. Yeah. So we've actually mentioned body neutrality a few times, but I don't think we've dove into it. We haven't talked a lot about it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the reason for that, it is chronologically a lot newer Mm -hmm. um maybe i think we were talking about this before maybe not necessarily in the hearts and minds of people who have been engaged with fat liberation but um ann poirier back in like 2015 is the first known person to started doing workshops on body neutrality Mm -hmm. and my understanding of it is instead of looking at body positivity where you're beautiful and no matter what you look like or all of your flaws are actually strengths and beautiful, it's more of recognizing that your body allows you to do things in the world Mm -hmm. and you can be more neutral about it overall. Like my body allows me to produce this podcast. My body allows me to go to work or have fun with friends or my body needs me to rest and all of these different things that come up. And so it just seems like a less judgment-tied form of feeling less negative about yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and more neutral yeah I think there's a lot of power in kind of living in that neutral space or like striving for neutrality if you're in a really negative place mm-hmm. for a lot of people I think that going from like very negative to very positive feels maybe impossible disingenuous or like, yeah disingenuous or like not um just not something you can do or might, might want to do yeah. right and so like just kind of moving the needle and getting to like more of a neutral space mm-hmm. um out of a negative 
place can be like a, a smaller distance, right? Like more like possible mm-hmm. um, and uh, and also be really powerful because like, yeah, again, just being in like if you're not being extra positive, but also like not extra negative, just kind of living in that in between. I think that there's a lot of um, a lot that can be gained from that as well. Yeah. We've talked about how much mental st- space that takes up when you're like negative, but even if mm-hmm. you're trying to be positive in that space, mm-hmm. too. So if you don't have to put that energy in towards those thoughts, you can put those out towards other things. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of what body neutrality about, is about as well. Um, and also, I know Kat has talked about positive self-talk before. Uh, part of the process to positive self-talk, if that's not something that you're very good at or like not um, feels kind of foreign or alien to you, is that neutral talk. It's mm-hmm. like interrupting the negative things that you're recognizing and being like, okay, well, if it's not positive, maybe it's like neutral. Yeah. Like, oh, I hate the way my arms look. It's like, well my arms allow me to, you know, do what I need to do. And that's the first step to being like, oh, I actually really like that I can do these things. Or yeah. That way. Yeah. So, yeah. An example. Not a great example. It works, though. It totally works. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it does. And I think, um, yeah, that like interrupting piece and kind of like re reframing the stories that we tell ourselves. It's a lot easier yeah. to like live like maybe maybe a neutral space feels more truthful and thus more doable. Yeah. And less judgment free. Because I mm-hmm. think of the thing about body positivity is like, well, I am also beautiful. It's like, well, what is what is gauging our kind of concept of beauty? Yeah. Is this from like a male gaze perspective? Is this from shoot beauty is a big one so like the beauty standards that are just like rooted in like racism and yeah sexism uh-huh. and lots of other or like, like if i'm gonna be pretty as a fat person i still have to have these types of proportions yep. or i have to like not have discoloration or like all this other stuff and so i think body neutrality jives with what i'm about it feels more matter of fact and matter of fact. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that was a little funny. <laughs> Sorry. It does. Though. It was cat. Yeah, it was. I it was did not it. me. It's my fault. <laughs> okay. On to the next one. Yes. Got a million ways to do it. I'm choosing one. I'm choosing Josie's. So Josie asks, how do you determine if you have a healthy relationship with food? Or how do you shape your relationship with food as someone who's focused on fat liberation? Great question Ooh, and you. big question. I think for us, it's important. That, like we really want to answer this from our experiences and perspectives exclusively. E- exclusively, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for me, the things that like um, feel good and like healthy to me in terms of like a relationship with food, I feel good about my relationship with food when I'm not like obsessing or, or like f- full of thoughts about like calories and amounts and things like that. Like essentially, the opposite of how you feel when you put things into my fitness pal mm-hmm. that feels healthy to me uh, another thing that feels healthy to me is like when I'm eating enough food to like fuel me for what I'm up to um, and then also like when I'm eating a variety of things I feel like that to me feels good um, if I'm left to my own devices like I would just eat the same thing all the time I'm like a woman who makes a million decisions every day and so food sometimes like feels like a lot of a decision to make um, so when I'm able to um, kind of be varied in what I'm eating. Like, those are things that feel good to me. But, like, that's just where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah, but I think emphasis probably on that first one. Like, I don't want to feel, um, like, a lot of my time and energy and thoughts are, like, centered around the food or, like, worrying about what I'm eating, when I'm eating, how I'm eating, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then also, this is um, something I haven't engaged with a lot, but would like to. Um, there's, I've heard the intuitive eating workbook recommended to a lot of people. 
Uh, I do know, I think I've heard that like there are a couple different editions of the workbook and that the most recent one is the one that has less icky stuff in it. Mm. So if you're going to get into that, that might be the edition that you'd want to look into. Um, I haven't gone through it, but I have heard positive things about it. Excellent, excellent response because I have the Intuitive Eating Workbook and I dipped my toes into it. I didn't really dive in too deep because it's pretty intensive. Yeah. It's pretty intensive. And I think if you don't have like a support system to work through it or the time to do self-care, it can Mm -hmm. bring up a lot of scary things. Mm. Um, But I liked it, the parts that I did work through. Um, I think for me, healthy has been going to a space of neutrality, actually, mm-hmm. with us talking about body, Ooh, body neutrality. Talk about it. Yeah. Segway so, dovetail thing. I mean, as I've been a fat person for a large, if not entirety of my life, even when I was an athlete, I think I learned a lot of behaviors that were about deciding if something was good or bad, mm. or even like going through different weight loss programs, mm. too. It's like, well, um, if I do something fat free, that's better than something else. And it's like, ugh, well, I have that label in my mind. So now every time I go to eat something, there's that inherent little judgment there mm-hmm. um, that triggers like an emotional reaction to the mm-hmm. eating, too. So it's just such a, a layered experience. Uh, and then the more that I learned about food and how food is grown and sustainability and then like that, that like had a dissonance with those mm-hmm. labels before. Then I learned about business practices. And so it's just like, oh, I'm going to go eat this one fork full of something. And it's just rife with all of these different judgments yeah. and concerns. So for the last few years, a lot of it has been like pulling those away to just being like food is nutritious I'm hungry right now. What am I hungry for? And just checking in with what my body is telling me because I think that's a good indication of what I want. Um, Also, as I'm beginning older, like I am hungry for more vegetables and fruits (laughs) than ever before. We're growing up. (laughs) Like I remember when I was a teen and adults saying like, just can't eat like that anymore. (laughs) I was just like, oh man, they're just complaining about nothing. But now it's like, like, it's like if I choose to eat this, I will feel like shit for like three days. (laughs) And um, so I think it's kind of just checking in with what I feel is useful yeah, um, for myself personally. And I th- another thing, when we were in an interview with Sean before the mm-hmm. last episode, if you're, if you're looking at if this you're chronologically, um, he had mentioned something about fat phobia as well and, like, looking at people, like, fat folks f- eating in public. Yeah. And I think looking at my relationship with food while being into fat liberation has been like, how can I disrupt areas to yes. a little bit more? How can I just like enjoy myself and order the things I want when I'm out and not worry about what other people think of me eating? Cause like I'm eating and other people are eating. Um, so that's, that's kind of my reaction to that question. Yeah. Yeah. I guess an eloquent way to sum it up. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't thought about this before, but I think in the last several years, like that's been more of a thing for me too. Like I'm going to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it Mm -hmm. and that like feels good and I won't eat what I don't want to eat when I don't want to eat it you know Mm -hmm. yeah great question yeah okay am I oh yes so our next question um is from Hannah um, and she asks what is your favorite midwest tradition hmm I so I don't know if this is like midwest for everybody but it's midwest for my family Mm -hmm. a little microculture situation so every christmas season uh, my family and i would go to see Lori line who's this beautiful pianist who's out of the out of minnetonka actually um 
at Loki, I went to high school with Kendall Lyon, Lori's daughter. <laughs> and so lovely family, like a really nice family. <laughs> but even before I knew them, uh, my family and I would go in just this beautiful piano music. Lori originally worked at like the Macy's downtown as a pianist, Aww. which was Dayton's probably at that time. Yeah. And then Marshall Fields and then Macy's. Yeah. And then nothing. Rip. Um, <laughs> but she is just very talented and they would have this Christmas show. And so we would go every year and there were like bells you could buy as ornaments and they were shaped like music notes, like berries oh slash gosh. music notes. And so, so, perfect. so our tree was just always covered in weird bells. <laughs> um, but then after that, we would go to the Macy's Christmas show, which was upstairs that just had beautiful like poinsettias and Bachman's would put it on. And so mm-hmm. that just feels like a really really cool cultural tradition that I think is only here in the Midwest and only my family, I guess. Well, I don't think Lori lines in a lot of other places. She would tour, so oh, she'd be okay, touring she and then like wrap up there. But I think it wasn't like everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, like corn days, long late corn days. Yum. Um, which was fun. And I'd go with like some friends sometimes, but it was mostly my dad and I going and he would just eat as much roasted corn as he could and then we'd leave sounds like a great day <laughs> me. i mean i wasn't that into it actually oh wow we're having a, a breaking moment yeah that was around the time when i was told that corn is actually a starch and it's not good for you oh. so then i stopped eating corn oh messed up wowza oh. oh i'm sorry but hey guess what last year when we went to uh state fair i ate some roasted corn Yum. so yeah that's broken that's good that's great i also what i didn't remember this when we were going through this earlier but my dad would when we were young like kind of little young uh-huh. would take us to the melrose corn broil in melrose wisconsin what was corn uh, boil corn broil broil yeah they broil they don't boil it right it's broil if it's under the like flames in mm-hmm. the oven, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yep, yep. That's how they, and like all the farmers bring all the corn. It's free, yeah. And there's like big vats of butter that you dip stuff in. Whoa. And so when I was a child, this was like the most fun ever. And then like as like a teen, like kind of a little older teen, I would I went and I was like, oh, this is this is a lot. Like this is very <laughs> very small town in ways that I don't know if I love. Yeah, but man, this corn is yummy. Ugh. So I'm sorry that corn had a not so great situation oh that's fine i think a lot of people still feel that way but it's delicious it is man all the corn we're surrounded by it (laughs) it's everywhere (laughs) that's true uh what about you though what's your answer okay so my answer is um in the midwest it feels like all these small towns um have little festivals and my small town where i'm from la crescent minnesota has an apple festival called apple fest and Man, when you're in high school, it's just like the most fun. It is the most, Apple Fest was the most fun. And I lived right by the fest grounds, so like that was really fun too. And when I was a senior, I, or I guess like a junior into senior year, um, I was an Apple princess. Ooh, and so now I'm with royalty folks. I don't okay, know. Please. <laughs> please address her accordingly when you see her in public. No need for that. Um, but it was a fun time. And so like after that, the summer after we went, like, you know, how you do in the small town life, um, we were like in parades on a float. And so then I got to see a ton of other different small town festivals you know there's just something about these like most of the time they're like sort of food related fruit veggie related butter related festivals i'm a big fan it's really related to food which is interesting i think it's like the products of these places though like things that they put out like apples are grown like la crescent's like the apple capital of minnesota but like why not coal 
I mean, maybe there are cold days or something like that. Maybe, Not around here. Cold, or like, um, yeah, other like products that I people mean, like, export. You were by Wausau where there's like paper days or something like that. Is there paper days there? Isn't Wausau like a paper company? There is a lot. Yeah. Wausau's in Wisconsin. Yeah. And they do. There is Wausau paper brand, but I don't know if they have a Wausau paper so days. So I think that there's a conspiracy of everything being food related because that's what you're going to come through for. You got your jams. You got your corn broils. Also, there are corn corn boils too, which blow my mind. Oh, yeah, not the same. Yeah, wow, interesting. Yes, okay. So, Apple Fest Princess. This is oh yeah, but this these like small town festivals are my favorite Midwest tradition. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk about the state fair really. Oh no. That's a fun tradition we started last year. Yeah, that we start. Oh, our little matter of fact tradition. (laughs) Are we gonna go again this year? Sure. We gotta we gotta root for those llamas. They're gonna miss us. Oh, we and we gotta get there on time. <laughs> good spaces. We can just be there for the llamas. <laughs> it's on. Um, okay, breezing right yes. along. <laughs> Christine wants to know what are your personal travel tips, particularly for international travel. I'm a fat woman married to a fat man. I have considered planning international trips, but I have let my anxiety get the best of me. In particular, I would love to go somewhere fat friendly, but I realize this is likely a pipe dream. Mm, yeah. Hmm. I don't travel much internationally these days unfortunately um but there are two things that i would suggest which are facebook groups that i'm part of that i found to be pretty helpful one of them is called flying while fat and one of them is called fat girls traveling so if you're a girl you can join the the second one Uh, and i just know that there are so many threads and lots of helpful information and then in this question christine you ask like what are places that are fat friendly i know that there are threads and discussions in these groups about that just that exact thing and people kind of offering their suggestions. So I would recommend joining those groups. Mm-hmm. I would second oh, that. That's a bad idea. I know Why? you, Christine, and you're not on Facebook. Oh. Well, okay. I would also say Googling helps okay, too. Okay. Google helps too. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I was at. I didn't join these groups and I didn't know they existed actually. Hmm. Um, so I recently went to Africa and that was the first like major international travel for me in a long time. And I was really nervous, actually. I was really nervous for this exact reason. But the people I was with, I knew that I could trust and I could talk to them. So I think it's great that you can go with your partner. Yeah. Um, Like, there's two of you. So you can really think things through and actually bring up, like, curiosities or anxieties that you have and talk through how you're going to address that together. Mm -hmm. For me, pre-planning is a really good way to ease some of that anxiety. Um, Googling. I did a lot of Googling. I did a lot of research on just like um, what are some like air, like airplanes or airlines that are really helpful or not helpful things to look out for. Also, it can be kind of cost prohibitive, but if you do have the means, you might be able to opt for like better seating. Um, Obviously, like first class is really expensive, but it's bigger. Uh, I know that my friend and I, she's not fat, but we paid a little bit extra to choose our seats. And so we chose some towards the back because that's where it goes down to just two seats on like one side of the plane. So then we had that for each other and we didn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about bothering other people or like dealing with other people's nonsense. Um, Another thing, like there's exit, like the exit aisles tend to be bigger too. So maybe you can opt towards that. Uh, I I think one thing for me is that every airline is so different or every aircraft is actually so different that I would be totally fine in some of them. And then like one, I needed to ask for a seatbelt extender. And for that, I just, you know, just ask. 
I was really yeah. nervous initially, but then I realized like mm, it's safety. They have to provide this, and it's not doing anybody a disservice. It's just letting you feel comfortable and like safe. And yeah, yeah. So don't worry about asking for that. Um, and also, everybody's traveling. They're dealing with their own anxieties. I'm sure folks who are miserable and like trying to get somewhere or have a lot of work to do or dealing with like a screaming baby or something like that. So everybody's just trying their best and um, just know that um, it'll be worth it. It's so yeah. much fun to travel and explore that. And that shouldn't hold you back for from doing what you want to do. Yeah. And you deserve to travel. Mm-hmm. You deserve to see the world. If that's something you want to do, um, you deserve to make that happen. Yeah. Just do it. Do it. What's next here? Oh, okay. So our responses to this next question are not hashtag ads. And they are just genuine recommendations. Because Martha asks, what are your favorite beauty products? Martha. Martha. I actually went to Africa with Martha. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you said the order the of these questions. And you didn't really all like interrelate very well. I didn't you. even think about that when I did it. It's so. awesome. Subconscious. Okay, so something old and something new for my response to this question. So I have, I have this little tube of Urban Decay Primer Potion. It goes on your eyelid. It's like, and it's shimmery gold. So it's kind of a nice shadow if you don't mm-hmm. want to do a shadow. But it's also what I put underneath if I ever do a liquid line, which is the only kind of line I really do. They always look so good when you do your line. Thank lines. you. I appreciate that. Um, this bottle is ancient. How, it is. How old are we talking? 2011 oh 2010 maybe okay (laughs) it's so old and it just hasn't like it's not done yet and so I'm not (laughs) going to get rid of it and it works beautifully and I don't even think they make it anymore so um I'm just like holding on for dear life with that because you don't need a lot it goes a long way and then the other thing that I'm really excited about okay so you brought up a really good point when we were talking about this earlier is that everybody's talking about skincare specifically like sun care yeah and i think it might be our age group it's like is it more of a thing like now in the year 2019 people are talking about this and or is it more like once you're 30 everyone's like you better be wearing sunscreen all the time i want to say it's 2019 though because if you look at like glossier or any kind of line now like every like if you're gonna get like a, a skin tint or something like that everybody's working sun protection into it yeah that's a good point which i mean we're all gonna burn up from global climate change before that anyway so like whatever anyways so i love super goops (laughs) everyday sunscreen super goop wait is that one of paltrow okay get out of here with your jade eggs miss paltrow (laughs) no it is not connected but it is excellent i've heard really great reviews on the other products they have but this one is just like really light and i do that instead of moisturizer Mm, every day and it works beautifully cool big fan that's nice if I was really fancy, I would get, like, the Murad Invisibler, which is, like, this matte. I don't know. It's amazing. It's, oh. like, a gel, and it's, it smells amazing, but I'm not that fancy. So. Oh, I want you to be that fancy. One day. One day. When this podcast <laughs> when brings Murad us all the sponsors. <laughs> riches and fame. Yes. <laughs> but what about you? What are your suggestions? Uh, mine are very simple, very affordable options. I have two as well. One is my favorite mascara, which is simply L'Oreal Voluminous. I love that stuff. And I guess my lashes are naturally pretty long, but like folks are often like, oh my goodness, what mascara do you use? I'm like, it's an $8 mascara Ah. called L'Oreal Voluminous. Um, I also recently have gotten more into curling my lashes, which I think actually does make a big difference. Um, They kind of pop more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not my rec. My other official recommendation 
um, is Impress Nails, which mm. everyone's like, duh, cat, you never showed up about these. Um, you got to tell the people. I, okay, so I'm really bad at painting my own nails. Um, and also, I like it when my nails are done. Uh, I am a busy woman, so I cannot get to the nail shop. I mean, P.S., why is there not a 24-hour nail shop? They'd make so much money. Um, but uh, that all that to say, I get these things that are Impress brand, which is like kind of a pun, right? Impress, because <laughs> they're impressive, and you press them into your <laughs> fingers. Um, they're fake nails, but they're different than what we're used to because they don't have you don't have to use glue or anything. There's like this little stick-em, this patent pending mm. um, stick-em that's on there. You, um, and it's like a bunch of nails. You pick out the ones that fit yours. You peel the thing off. You stick them on. And then I trim mine down. Um, so they look a little more normal for me because I've never been a long nail kind of person. Um, yeah. And they last like sometimes up to a week. And they are like $7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do them at midnight in the comfort of my home. Perfect. Yeah. Impress. Impress. Uh, again, not ads. Oh, my gosh. No. We, <laughs> again, maybe we wish they were ads, but they're not. <laughs> One day. Um, okay. So something that Kat and I have talked a lot about off air or I guess off the record is Aaron has a really great question for us. So what's the fat dating scene like? Ooh. Any favorite apps for that? Ooh. I feel like there's so much judgment coming through in the way I asked that. <laughs> but Kat, uh, uh, tell the people. <laughs> Okay, I guess a lot of thoughts about this. Um, what is the fat dating scene like? I guess this is the point where I share my not so great observation, which is I feel like um, many, and again, I don't think this is totally true, but sometimes it feels like it is. I feel like women in my age group who date men who are fat are like all dating the same 25 guys. I just feel like the webs we weave, y'all. I mean, just like the interconnections of us all. And I think like part of that's just like very human. Like, yeah, you're in a community. So like obviously people are dating each other. Um, But sometimes it just feels very pronounced. And also like I live in a world where I'm interacting with more plus size people than Mm -hmm. many folks in this town, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I think I just like know more people and thus like see more connections, (laughs) you you know? see all the woven webs yeah <laughs> isn't that a thing with the webs we weave? yes yes <laughs> that's just what i think every time um don't worry there's you not get like, a little bit more information there's... like thing you you in the back of the shop you just have like oh a God. murderer's like oh connection God. of all the people there's just like string and pictures everywhere i wish i had time for that no that, don't worry that's no that doesn't good. go that far <laughs> um so i guess that is something that like is a little bit hard um in terms of like apps, I think so. There actually is or was this dating app called Woo Plus. I didn't know that. That was just for fat people. Well, here's the thing: it was for plus size women and men of all sizes. So like Ooh. gen, very gender binary, right? But then also, um, yeah. very very heteronormative, I should say, um, and. Also, like, a recipe for, like, this, like, fetishization that seems to be something that's on people's minds a lot. Um, Not something that I feel like I've personally experienced a lot, but something that folks definitely do. Um, So that I actually, like, three years ago when the app came out, I got on it just to kind of see, like, what is this thing? And Mm -hmm. I was not impressed. Um, But generally, I'm not impressed with most dating apps. Not because I've suffered, like, harassment or things like that for the most part. It's my experiences have been like fine I'm just like so incredibly disappointed with like all men <laughs> so w- regardless of their size <laughs> regardless uh, of who they're dating it's just they tend to be a, a huge disappointment mm-hmm. um yeah so that's my well, that's such a downer but that's th- those are my I thoughts that's real I, what do you think I uh, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer this I, I have used apps I didn't know about Woo Plus um 
I don't do well in apps. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I feel disingenuous or I get like in my head about things. I would say tips just generally like have pictures of yourself as you are. Um, Talk about what you're about in the bio, whether or not somebody's looking at that. At least you can be really upfront and like refer people back to that if they're getting out of hand. Um, I've gotten weird stuff, but I don't think it's specifically about my size. Uh, It's just dudes being gross for the most part. Mm. Um, Again, speaking from like a hetero perspective here. And then uh, I don't know. I like being out in the world. I, You're good at being out okay, in the world. Okay, but see, this is where I don't understand. Like, I don't think I know how to flirt or I don't understand what flirting is, but I have multiple people, including Kat, yeah. tell me that I'm flirty. And I'm like, I'm just talking to somebody. Sarah is so flirty. You're so flirty and fun. Yes. Uh, so big to disagree. But in any case, <laughs> I think it's just easier to be in real life and yeah. you see what somebody's about and understand if I'm into them or not. Um, and so I would say get out and do things if you like to volunteer or you like to go to concerts like those are just good opportunities to see other people who might be interested in things you're about and if you're doing something you enjoy oftentimes you feel more confident you have a topic to already start talking Mm -hmm. about if like the talking thing is not easy for you Mm -hmm. Um, for me a big thing so this is where it's probably not like flirting. I think if I'm actually interested interested in somebody, I will ignore them completely and not talk to them. That's like my style. It's like uh, you should know. You should know and you should come talk to me and you should do that, which is not working out super well. Yeah. Um, so I think part of that, too, is like don't put any pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like engage with somebody. If they're not going to be into you, you'll probably know pretty quickly. Yeah. And that's a good litmus test that, that you don't need them in your life either. Yeah. So. That's the that on that. Okay. Also, this is not something I mentioned earlier. Um, I sometimes I often dream about like having a hand and creating some kind of like fat like mixer or like fat speed dating thing or like something like that. I can a (laughs) hundred percent visualize you as the woman with a whistle going. (laughs) Time to move on. Oh my god. 100% 100% you have like all the you have all the numbers of the people and you have like this devious system yeah. of like how to know somebody likes somebody else oh my gosh that I sounds cannot. awesome so that is not in the works but just like in my dreams like that seems like it'd be kind of fun I just want to be there to see it happen um. <laughs> well yeah we'll we'll keep you posted if that ever comes to fruition uh, likely will not <laughs> Okay, um, so we have next another question from Josie, which is, how do you manage fatphobic family members, especially when comments Ooh. aren't directed at you but at another family member? Ooh, the nuance on that one. Yeah. That second question. Hmm. Um, okay, so this is hard because everybody's relationships with their family members can be very different mm-hmm. and very tumultuous or like maybe they're great who knows what that looks like I think for me the first answer that came to mind is just model model it for other people because everybody's dealing with their own like internalized fat phobia externalized fat phobia all that good stuff and so I think I have been over the past few years just really comfortable and showing up as myself I've stopped like limiting myself from doing things in family environments and being more comfortable and knowing that if somebody is going to bring something up I'm in a place to say hmm like tell me more about that like oh I don't really understand what that means can you explain that a little bit more and and getting to a point where maybe we can talk about it or tease Mm -hmm. out really what they're saying because in in proper midwest fashion it's not really overt about what they're talking about yeah or it's um 
cloaked in concern for the other person. Yeah. And so I can say, you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't really, what, like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Just tell me more. And that'll usually have people speak out what they're talking about. Sometimes it's more overt, though, and that won't work with it. Um, and then if the other person is the one who's getting the brunt of it, I would just check in with them yeah. and see how they feel about it. Because sometimes people don't care. Sometimes that's how they see themselves and that's fine. And so then you can just keep modeling for yourself um, or be a support system for that person. Yeah, those are great. Those are great tips. I They're also really general. So I don't yeah, know. But I mean, like, I think modeling, like, or just kind of showing up, like, and, and um, I don't know, like, only not putting up with certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of showing people like how you are, how they can treat you and how they cannot treat you, you know, I think is important. For me, just generally in life and also this pertains to like my family and people I'm close to, I think when stuff is said for me, I, it's hard for me to be silent. Like I think silence to me feels like a cosign or like that I'm like, that it's okay and I'm not okay with that. So I often challenge myself to say something, but it could even be just like something very little. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, oh, I wouldn't say it that way. Or like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, it's just something quick and little like that. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I just always like try to say something. And um, even if that means like kind of just, up and changing the topic or just saying like oh I'm not comfortable talking about that or like I don't think we should talk about her body like that like let's talk about something else you know it's like what is somebody gonna say if you say I'm not comfortable with that yeah Uh, you know like uh, (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, so just um, so yeah being sure to say something um, and then kind of picking what that something is based on like the situation who's in the situation and like what I have energy for mm-hmm. and also like what I'm hoping to come from it you know not every moment can be a moment of education but sometimes it you you want to just like stop what's happening mm-hmm. this is hard too because <laughs> everybody goes into family environments and has different things that they have to deal with yeah. like maybe it's great and you really get along with your family and there's no challenges there you know other folks have really tenuous relationships and so gearing up for that uh with fat phobia on top of anything else that's going on can be really yeah. hard so sometimes it's just about like knowing that you're doing what you're doing and you really like that and you like that about yourself and you have feel in your life that you are developing relationships with or are there to support you and then going into that you know you're not going to change hearts and minds but you can appreciate them for what else they bring to your life too yeah yeah Hmm. Good question. Okay. <laughs> Another really, really, really good question. <laughs> so someone, not Kat, wants okay. to know. Sheena, Sheena wants to know, <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Okay. Moving on. Conclusive, conclusive response. I mean, like, I get it how what people think it is, but I just don't think it is. Kat is mad because we've been arguing about this already. We've been talking about this a lot. And also, <laughs> I would just like to thank you for stating this already, Soraya. I did. So when we initially talked about this question, Soraya thought I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. No, it was asked Why by one of our listeners. I know. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just like, I want to know. Okay, I, wanted, then, I want us to have a really good discourse. Some discourse. <laughs> Soraya pivoted the conversation to relate well, to okay. another thing no, from work, no. right? Well, first, I, I want to answer because oh, okay. uh, I like to argue and I know sure that Kat likes her answers. I so do. then I just wanted to counterpoint that. Yeah. I think hot dogs fall under the, the umbrella of sandwiches. And I understand why sure. one would say that. No, because I'm right. <laughs> That's why I'm just getting uh, eye blinks right now yeah. for everybody not uh-huh. here. Because my point is that you wouldn't call, I mean, like, so cat hamburger. What is your thoughts on hamburger? I think a hamburger is a sandwich. Okay, sure. And so a uh, hamburger is a sandwich. Why can't a hot dog be a sandwich? It's the too? shape of the meat. 
<laughs> I just think when a, when meat is in a cylinder is in a, it is in a sausage like state, it cannot be a sandwich. Okay, and I thought my really witty quippy response was like, because a lot of people focus on the bread, right? They're yep, like yep, yep. the bun is the issue, and yeah, it's like, yeah. well, we've all been in that moment when you're at home <laughs> and your family's like, oh, we're gonna have hot dogs, <laughs> and then like they whip out the bread. seeded whole grain <laughs> bread, and it's like, what is this? This is not a hot dog. This is not a hot dog. This is a hot dog sandwich. Yeah, and I would say the bread is what is a big indicator of it for me. Okay. Too. I think the bread can go either way because, like, a hot dog bun bread feels a lot like feels a lot like a like a Subway bread. You know, it's not the same. Yeah, like a Jimmy John's bread. I think okay, honestly, these are not things that I stated earlier in our discussion, but I think that they're very um, to my point. So I'm going to say them now. There's a lot of finger pointing <laughs> happening right now. I think it it has to do with the meat, and like I think that hot dogs are under the sausage umbrella. So like sausage, bratwurst, hot dogs are all in this thing that are separate from sandwiches. A brat is not a sandwich. If you put it in bread, it is no. It's still a sausage. I think it merges under the umbrella at that point, though, because it's the bread kind of thing. Okay, so another thing okay, that came up at worst, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying anything about this, but the question was, is a pop tart a ravioli? Hundred percent no. And Saray's over here. She's not saying anything now. She was trying to argue with me. No, I don't care. I have no stock in this. But yeah, I love you just seeing love how seeing you me get like... involved. In it. <laughs> yeah. So please tell us. No, of course it's not. Is is a meat pie a ravioli? Sure. Is an empanada a ravioli? Maybe. Is a Jamaican patty a ravioli? No. She knows her patty. <laughs> she I knows really, her ravioli. I really enjoy. <laughs> you, don't you dare! I really like meat in breads, like in that kind of empanada meat pie patty sort of way. My goodness. So ravioli is, is a pasta. It is a pasta. It is a noodle. So are you, is it like, it has to be boiled? Because if it has I, to okay. be boiled, Here then we go. Here we go. A bagel dog <laughs> is both a ravioli and a sandwich. It is neither. Conclusive. Goodbye. We are we done with like this question. five Venn diagrams and they're all coming together <laughs> oh my gosh. with bagel dogs. Sheena, you have just really started something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let's move Next on. Our question. friendship cannot take this. <laughs> Next question. Um, Elizabeth brings up a good question for summer, but honestly, kind of all the time, which is, she asks us, what our pre- favorite products are to help with thigh chafing? Um, what brands of undergarments are the best with dresses? And um, she says that she buys under summer shortlets and wants some other options. <laughs> I'm not qualified to answer this because I have the same pair of Mizuno volleyball shorts from high school that I've just been wearing. They're older forever. than your Urban Decay eye I know, stuff. <laughs> I know. I can be frugal at times. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I do have thigh chafing and kind of, like, kind of always have, but it's not bad. Like it mm-hmm. happens if I'm out at like a music festival or something like that and I'm wearing a dress, like I'll notice it throughout the day and then maybe it'll hurt for the next day, but not really. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a matter of moisturizing and stuff like that. Also, my skin scars. So I've already had like scars forever and mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm like insecure about that, but mm-hmm. it's like pretty high up there. So, um, You can't, like, do anything about that going forward. It's already there. So I don't really care too much. Um, Yeah, I've I've seen, like, Katie Strino is just advertising to me so hard with the Mega Babe. babe. Um, But I don't want to purchase that because I don't know how it's going to work. I've heard different reviews. I've also looked at, I think, like, NYX has new stuff out as far as 
exclusively for shorts and like to help avoid chafing and mm-hmm. like cooling. Um, I'm all about feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. I love that bike shorts are back in. So yeah. I think that can be a really nice look and feel good. But I'm so bad at putting money out to buy things. In fact, mm-hmm. like the reason that cake exists is why my wardrobe is on point <laughs> finally. Because it's a price point that yeah. I, I don't mind putting money into. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my hot take. So I'm not super helpful. Sorry. I think a lot about chafing and talk a lot about chafing, and people ask me a lot about chafing, so I have a lot of thoughts. Some helpful, some maybe not so, so helpful. The first thing I think is important is just, like, kind of to what you're saying, Soraya, like, like pe- people's, just because your thighs touch doesn't mean that you will chafe or chafe in the same mm-hmm. way. Like, for some of us, like me, like, I mean catch me on a day walking from one side of my house to the other and I might be like wow this is uncomfortable it takes me four to six hours it takes yeah. me four to, four to six seconds yes <laughs> but really like I um I mean if I'm ever wearing shorts or a dress I'm always wearing shorts or leggings if it's or tights like you know if it's in yeah. the cooler cooler months but I'm always wearing something underneath it um so know that like I feel I feel like some people think like chafing has so much to do with like your thigh size and your leg size and your body size and I would really maintain that like it's not so much about that but more about like your skin and just like how how your body works I also want to say just to kind of normalize like chafing does not only happen between your legs like between like you know your thighs rubbing together like there are lots of parts down there that can be rubbing together um and so know that like if you're experiencing chafing in other parts of like your underwear region um it's not you're not the only one who experiences that similar to your favorite volleyball shorts Soraya Mizuno (laughs) that's the brand I got (laughs) my favorite um shorts to wear under things are actually like really stretched out old Spanx so like six years old so buy a pair of Spanx today in six years that's the investment for your future yeah no that's terrible that's terrible (laughs) advice um but I I like so for me like something that's more cottony is not as comfortable as something that's a little more like synthetic you know like mm-hmm. a little stretchier that like uh, yeah i yeah. like the the t- like the texture of kind of spanky shapewear-y material um i think that, like it's um it like sticks to you in a good way so uh, what i like to do is just wear shaper but a little bit bigger so it's not sucking me in mm. too much you know um i think that if you're looking for things online you might search the word cooling um when you're looking at like shapewear-y kind of stuff um, because that means that it'll be like a little bit thinner and like meant to kind of be soft and like gliding on your skin you know mm-hmm. um I had another thought what was my other thought did you say moisture wicking or cooling I didn't oh we, I, we said cooling but also moisture wicking could be helpful I think that's like I've seen that in yeah. more like newer products yeah too yeah I also love that bike shorts are more in. I've been playing yeah. with showing them off a lot this year. Mm-hmm. My favorite n- most recent bike short purchase actually was from Universal Standard, which, like, I know, hefty price point, but, man, they're really great. And they look cute, like, without anything, but they also are really – because they're thinner, but mm-hmm. also not sheer. Um, they're good underneath things, too, so long as the thing I'm wearing is a little bit longer. Yeah, and I think the thing for me – so my shorts do not work great to anti-chafe it's more of just like comfort I know I'm covered and I can go and be active if I'm in a dress or just like I'm locked and loaded, right? Oh, like, yeah. You feel like you're yeah. kind of, like, yeah. yep, you're I think in there. that's why everybody loves leggings. Well, not everybody, but most people really enjoy leggings, too, is because it's just like, yep, I feel it. I feel like I'm in, I'm in place. Here. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about <laughs> what's going where at any yeah. given time. And it's just that next level of comfort as you're out and about in the yeah. world. We also were talking about bandolettes for a second because some people really like bandolettes. Um, those that blows are like, my mind. I don't think those, I, I couldn't, I don't know. They will, they work, I think, um, so they're like little, um, 
I was just like a choker they're for like your garters, like They're like little of. garters. Oh, God, I keep touching the thing. She's Sorry. so excited. I'm really. You know, this is the hand movements. Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, all we got to go to video at some point. <laughs> um, ba- so like bandolettes, yes, are kind of like garters. They're like maybe I don't know four to six inches. Um, and they just go around each thigh, and they like are they they're they're held up by just like sticking to your thigh, so they're not like shorts or connected to anything. And they do stay up if you get a size that's appropriate for you. Sometimes people have to size down so like they fit to your thigh. Yeah, I find that they're comfortable if I'm like not doing a whole lot, um, but if I'm very active, they're not helpful. And also, as discussed, other things on your body can rub together besides just your thighs, and so I don't find that it's very helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. Some people like bandolettes. Maybe. I, th- I mean, everybody, I've looked into this a lot of times and then have decided on nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because I think for me, it's like, I don't want to pay for my, something that's not going to work. Because I forget that you can return things. You can return most I just, things. I never think about it because that's not how I, I've lived my life. But maybe this <laughs> is an opportunity for me to rethink that. Because just maybe now it's time to be comfortable and try different things. Just go out, try different things. See what works, see what doesn't. Yeah. Because I think it's so different for everybody. Yeah. And you just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And you, like, also deserve to be comfortable. hmm And that's the good word on chafing and our suggestions for <laughs> combating you, it. Have you heard the good word? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Uh, okay. So, Kat. Yeah? Um, we want to know, all the people want to know, audiobooks. Give us you, you talk about audiobooks all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you access them? Oh, where I'm listening. How, what are, yeah, how are, you, oh. how are you accessing Let me tell the you. The promised. Okay, so there's three things I'll mention. Um, the first one is free. So I listen to a lot of podcasts on this app called Libby, which is, like, cute because it's, like, library, which I didn't cute. get right away. Um, but the Libby. You didn't have to write yourself <laughs> out like that. <laughs> Nobody would have known. I just, I went weeks before so I truthful. realized. <laughs> um, but I access the Libby app through my library card with the Hennepin County Library. And so I know um, many other libraries in the nation, like you'll be able to connect with Libby or a similar kind of app through your local library. So I would really encourage you to do that. Um, it's like the library. So like you get the book, even though it's an audio book, you get it um, for 30 or for three weeks, 21 days to listen to. And then also like it's rare that you get the book you want right away. Like you got to put that request in, put that hold in, and then it'll come to you eventually. Delayed gratification. It's really nice, and it's just like it's a really great service. I love that it's free. I um, I'm really impressed with the app, and I'm impressed with the library for giving us that service. Having it's fun really awesome. Isn't hard when you've got a library card. Okay, Arthur. Yes, of course. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and then for other uh, another way I was listening to audiobooks was through Audible, which I think many people do. Um, but I recently switched to something called Libro FM because unlike Audible, Libro FM allows you to like connect to a local bookstore, and then part of your monthly subscription fee, which is the same as Audible, will go then to that to that bookstore. I don't honestly know how much it is, but my perspective is like if I'm paying the same amount of money for something, I would rather it be in support of a mm-hmm. local bookstore than Amazon. Um, and I, where my shop is located in our in our building, um, the we just got a bookstore that's that's opening up. So I went, it's awesome. so like I selected them when I got the when I switched over to Libro FM, which was really cool. So, so far, it seems just as great as Amazon. And in fact, for switching over, this really sounds like an ad. Maybe it is. Support local bookstores. It's not. Um, just to clarify, it, it isn't. But um, also support but local bookstores. You, um, I got three free downloads for switching it over. Oh, so cool. it was cool. You know what? That's so great because I get sucked in. I do the thing where they're like free 
uh, month-long trial and I do it and then I'm like yeah I'm gonna get a free book I'm gonna get that Sam Irby book I'm gonna get that Phoebe Robinson book give me some Maeve Higgins it's great and then I forget I straight up forget and then I get that email saying you've been charged 14.95 and it's like gosh like I want I don't want that yeah and they know that's exactly what they're waiting for yeah and so this is good get them from free for good free from the library to change over yeah library or, or, or if you're going to accidentally be charged go to libro fm and so some of that money is going to the good to the good places mm-hmm. perfect cool thanks for asking listener who uh, wants question. to know about my audiobooks oh my gosh we are winding down here which like fair enough if you've made it through all of this i'm this just is, like very impressed this, this is, a, is long, a lot of us we just... thought this was going to be a mini sode and <laughs> nope. yet surprise we talk a lot oh, i don't yeah, know okay that. so cat yeah favorite twin cities restaurant Go. Oh, I can't say one. Also, Kat is probably going to list this off like Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec because that's also <laughs> how she orders food, and I love it so much. I would like this without this and added this. Um, I So I like a lot of restaurants, but I like specific things at specific restaurants. So let me give you some of my faves. I love the um, Eggs Benedict at Bon V, which is part of Piece of Cake in St. Paul. I love the Brussels sprouts at the Lowry or Highland Grill. I love the um, like the bowl with pork at Pimento Jamaican Grill. I love a noodle salad at like most places where they have that, but especially I like the one at Lou's Sandwiches. Very controversial. Um, what else? The sandwich oh, I, shop and she's getting the vermicelli. I love I love the the BLT at Nelson's Deli. Um, I mean, I love a million things, but those are some of my the ones that are top of mind right okay. now. Okay, all right, I love it. I love the veggie sandwich at, at Nelson's. Nelson's. Ooh. So good, so good. Um, let's see. If, if we're over in that area, our right over oh. by Hamlin is Black Sea, yes. which has the best falafel in so my opinion. Good. It's like the this gold standard of t- which I correlate if a falafel is good or not. <laughs> like I think about it in my mind. I yeah, like the so crispiness, good. the texture. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's like a screaming deal. Oh my gosh, such language. a deal. Um, so that's good. Over that way too is Brasa. There are oh. a bunch of locations of Brasa. <laughs> Um, This one in St. Paul also has mac and cheese as an option, and that's, like, a very important thing that we should all be considering if we're going to go to Brasa. They have the yuca and the... Pork and over easy egg bowl oh, is my so favorite, and that they have that like green, green creamy cilantro sauce. Mm-hmm. Cat loves a good cilantro. I do, sure, crema. I sure do. Uh, so that's well. If we're gonna talk about that, Ketal yeah. obviously obviously needs to be on so our list. Great. So good. Um, what else? Oh, what did I mention earlier? Oh. Some place that Kat and I went, and I, I love this place, is Lowbrow. Oh, yeah. And they have a goat cheese and beet goat salad, cheese. which is really good because they have these goat oh. cheese fritters, one over spinach, and it's just amazing. Because we when we were talking about this before, we mentioned goat cheese because I was like, I'm just thinking of all the restaurants on Eat Street now. <laughs> and I had mentioned that um, I you can like create your own pizza at, um, what's the place called? Black, Black Sheep. Sheep. And I got one with arugula and goat cheese. Oh, what a dynamite combo. That's good because I haven't ever had luck there. Yeah, I just haven't, it just hasn't floated my pizza boat. I think maybe that was my situation. Then I was like, well, let me just try something I think I'll like. Customize you know? it. Yeah, it was the way to go. Very Chris Traeger style. I know what I want, what I don't want, <laughs> and I like to ask mm-hmm. for it. I mean, I could talk about restaurants for days, though. Yeah. Whenever we're doing brunch with people, I'm like, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. Oh, Quang. I also really love Quang. Oh, yeah. yeah but I that's love just, the noodle salad there, Just too. because I think friends and I used to go there all the time, yeah. so it's got a lot of good memories, too. Ugh, there's probably places I'm missing. Rico's okay. Tacos, oh, so good. They have Ooh. a food truck, but they just opened a brick and mortar on Ooh. Lake. Best al pastor that I've had, that I think. I'm probably wrong, but I like it. Yum. That's what matters. 
Uh, yeah, I just there's there's so much great stuff. Um, and yeah, so many yummy places here in the Twin Cities. And so many great questions. Oh my gosh, and so many great questions. Oh gosh, what a great little admiration we had with a Q&A episode. Thanks to everyone who submitted a Q. And thanks to everyone tuning in. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And catch us in two weeks on another episode of Matter, Matter of Fat. Fat.